Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. And we're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. And welcome into another edition of the flagship Grapple Talk. I am Nick Ragnar, joined by Jesse... Nick, what, what was that, man? No, what, was that? what was that, man? Like, what was that? I don't are know. You, are you dead? I think I'm sick. How do you get sick? I'm just like breathing onto your microphone and just well, spreading my sickness. That's not my, my microphone. That's Rick's microphone. You know. I don't know. Actually, for like the past six months, I've just always had stuff in my throat. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And last night, before bed, I take um, melatonin. Melatonin. Yeah. Really. It helps you sleep a little bit. Because I have this weird thing where I I always wake up a couple of hours after I fall asleep. Like, I can never sleep a solid, like, six hours. Like, okay. I, I fall asleep. Yeah. Wait, like, I just wake up, you know. You two hours later, I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'm like, oh, it's still bedtime. Go mm-hmm. bed. Wake up, like, two hours later. What's going on? So I take melatonin. And uh, last night, I was really lazy in bed. <laughs> wait, 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 you know. What you I was feeling do? lazy. That sounds, like a, that sounds like a personal problem. I was right feeling now. lazy before I fell asleep okay. in, on on top of the bed. Does that sound better? No? Um, I guess so, yeah. And there was melatonin on my nightstand. Little, there's little tiny pills. And uh, mm-hmm. Zari was sleeping. Everybody, the dog was sleeping. Everybody was sleeping besides me. So I was like, well, I'm going to take some melatonin, and then I'm going to browse the Reddits. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't have a glass of water, so I just kind of like tried to you like know, dry swallow, dry it. swallow it. But I could, I could just feel it. Oh, it, it just like it's sitting it just there. Just sitting there, and I was like, "Well, that's not going away." So then I, I went to bed. I woke up this morning, and I could still feel, feel it there. And now I'm worried that between waking up and then coming here to do grapple talk, I've since swallowed it. And I'm gonna crash super hard the next like hour and a half. <laughs> I have no idea if that's a real thing, but it feels like it could be a possibility. Like, if I never actually truly swallowed it throughout the entire night. So, at this point in time, really, you're you're kind of concerned that this melatonin capsule is going to uh, dissolve in your throat and you're going to die. <laughs> I'm just worried that I'm going to get sleepy in the middle of the day and I'm not going to be able to do anything about it. Well, you should have got a bigger coffee. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I was actually kind of tempted to buy some orange juice. Really? I'm really feeling orange juice right now. I got a parfait when I was at Quick Trip. It's waiting for me in the car. I'm going to snag that when I leave. But I felt like that'd be too much fruitiness. A strawberry parfait with an orange juice. It's like, wow. Lighten up on the fruit there, bud. You well, know then, I mean? you know, you'd just be like almost everyone else doing a smoothie in the morning. Mm, you know, I really like smoothies. You know what else I like? What's that? Uh, wrestling road trips. Yes, yes. We, we went on a, one of those. We had a pretty good one this weekend. We were, we were down in Oshkosh there for ACW number 22. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just went along to kind of check out the uh, ACW uh, after not being there for, I don't know, it was like six months maybe. And thankfully, A.C. Riley got injured. He got Yeah, taken he out. got mugged. Yeah, so then I got to take his spot on commentary. And I'm not going to lie to you, Jesse, that first match, I felt off. Oh, yeah. And then, like, it started getting better by the end of the show. I think it's just because it's been such a long time since I've done commentary. You know, yeah, especially with, like, your role now here in lacrosse for RCCW, you probably haven't done commentary in, what, like seven months? Yeah, probably the last... I mean, I've done commentary off and on for RCCW, but I've always done it in character. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like I'm never just trying to call a match. You know, I'm trying to make fun of the other play-by-play guy, and I'm trying to, like, you know, give the heels the 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 rub. The rub, yeah. Mm -hmm. The the love rub. Yes, the love rub. Um, That's actually in the locker room. That is not on commentary. I think we just the regular rub is what I try to give them on commentary. Hmm. But uh, but it was a lot of fun. ACW having a great product, and they had a huge announcement. Huge. Um, with Water City WrestleCon. Dude, there's going to be a crazy amount of – I was actually talking to um, uh, my mom's fiancé. Okay. And they are regular goers to the RCCW show. Okay. And they saw that Colin Brooks had shared the poster. And uh, when I talked to him yesterday, they went, where, where is that show? And I was like, oh, it's in Oshkosh. And he goes, well, when is it? And I was like, well, April 21st. And he's like, I think we're going to have to make the trip to go to that show. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's like that's just an example of the hype that the show has, you know, just a couple of months away from what they're considering to be the biggest show in Midwest wrestling history. Well, yeah, definitely. You look at the talent they were already signed. You know, besides the ACW regulars, you're going to have, like, you're going to have a huge match between Sadist and Ryback. That's going to be pretty big. You have Scott Steiner coming in. 
Sonny's going to be in. Uh, Joey Ryan, Ted DiBiase, MVP. I mean, the list goes on and on. This is going to be one of the biggest shows to ever hit the Midwest. It's kind of crazy. They put um, tickets on sale during intermission of this past show. They sold 59 of the 60 available front row tickets yep. that night in 15 minutes. Yeah, that's it's, it's crazy to think about. That's not including, we didn't hear how well the other tickets uh, went for like a general mission or a second row, mm-hmm. which, you know, um, also probably could have sold pretty well depending oh, yeah, on who definitely. was there. So, uh, yeah, that is, it, it is crazy. It makes you wonder how they're going to structure out the show because I know ACW a lot of times is about, you know, giving some of the younger talent, giving some of their 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 guys the opportunity to take on some of these names and uh, and when you sit back and you look at uh the guys they're bringing in it gives you an opportunity to kind of fantasy book a little bit and see exactly mm-hmm. because i would be highly surprised if they put a name against a name i mean i think most likely they are going to do their acw guys against those names so um it's going to be really exciting to see how everything shapes out because i think over the next couple of acw shows is when we're going to find out exactly how they're going to book out this card they're trying to fill a two i mean this this venue is huge i think their goal is between 2000 2500 uh tickets like sold. That, yeah so again it probably it, you know arguably would be one of the biggest wrestling shows uh definitely in wisconsin mm-hmm. um in the midwest yeah probably as well just based on uh, the number of tickets they're trying to sell. And honestly, you know how quickly um, they were able to sell those front rows, and then they talked about it during the show too, just the amount of Facebook and, and Twitter love that they've been getting, the social media love they've been getting. I think it's a, I think it's a real possibility that they're going to hit that if not exceed it. Yeah, it's one of those things when Freedom Pro was running up here, ran very much a similar structure, but they relied heavily on names right. and talent from outside the state right. to kind of bolster the, the interest but with ACW though they've kind of they've done a 180 on that one. They've really kind of built that grassroots interest with the local guys, and then they pepper in national talent. So last year in the Water City WrestleCon, bringing Bret Hart, Kevin Thorne, a few other guys had a really good house, really good house. But they they were very dangerously close to getting that place shut down because right. of fire code. You yeah, know, it's right. one of those things. Like there was asses to elbows, like every 18 inches. There was people still standing. It was packed. It was absolutely packed. So now you have an opportunity here with the Menominee Nations Arena right downtown Oshkosh, Wisconsin. This is the first time wrestling's ever been in this venue. They're going to beat WWE there. And and the way that Dylan and Weimer and Colucci and Gus and all those guys are really going about this one is like, let's go for broke. Let's really go for broke. No pun intended. Let's go all in on this one because that's exactly what they're doing. And it was kind of interesting. I even shared it with a few people that – Going through like my Facebook feed, I'm like, oh, these guys go to the RCCW. I'll throw it up there. Almost everyone is like, hell yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Like, hell yeah, I'm going. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this one really kind of – I think it's going to be great, Nick. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's already, what, just just a smidge about, what, like three months away? Yeah. Yeah, three months is yesterday. Yeah, and I think, you know, ACW, they did a great job in putting together the talent for the card. I think uh, Ryback still has a ton of intrigue because he, you know – um, still very, very recently was on WWE national television. So obviously he has that going for him. You look at the legends they're bringing in like a Ted DiBiase. I mean, that guy is always going to be a draw, just one of the biggest names that you could probably bring in nowadays. Uh, legend wise, uh, you look at honestly, big Papa pump, Scott Steiner. I mean, Holler, how, if you hear me. how often has Scott Steiner came to the Midwest in the past five, 10 years? You know, I actually got a pretty funny story about that. So, oh, um, nice. so Ryan and me went to school with this kid named Ross. He's kind of. It's kind of an odd kid, right? But uh, apparently, years, years, years ago, he was in charge of the money at a Scott Steiner autograph signing. Wow. And apparently, he pissed off Scott Steiner. Imagine that. I know. Uh, apparently, Ross totally forgot to give Steiner the money, and Steiner was going to put him in the recliner. What? Yeah, no shit, right? So, uh, <laughs> so of course, we're like, hey, Ross, you should really go to the show, you know? This would be great. And he's like, well, I don't think Scott hates me still. <laughs> I'm like, no, there's no way that Scott still hates you, you know. And then all of a sudden, Brown brought up something. I'm like, yeah, Scott probably hates you. Yeah, Scott probably still hates you, but uh, but no, that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, you look at it. I mean, and then you see Sonny. I mean, I think the well, the MVP. I mean, you're gonna have just a the hurricane. The hurricane. I mean, I think one of the differences between this year and last year. And don't get me wrong, last year's was great. Mm -hmm. But you had Bret Hart. Yep. You had. Mr. Anders Anderson, who's you know fairly fairly known in those parts. Yep. Um, but when you look at a guy like Kevin Thorne, Carlito, I don't think they have really the drawing power in this area that a 
you know, a guy like I, I hate to say it, like a guy like Hurricane Helms has, like mm-hmm. a guy uh, or a gal like Sonny or Scott Steiner has, like a Ryback has. So I think with this ACW show this year, it's like all the these big names they're bringing in have drawing power in that area. And uh, I think it's going to give people more reason to want to go out opposed to just seeing Bret Hart or maybe seeing Ken Anderson, who has been in this area quite a bit. Um, so that's, you know, I think I think they did a great job in just booking the talent for this show. And I think it's going to be really exciting to see where it goes, because, you know, if I had to guess, like I said, they're going to exceed expectations. I really I really think that's going to happen. And that's definitely true. And then like one of the things, too, about the show, it's very much like a con. So you can get there, you can get the autographs from your favorite wrestler. All these vendors. Um, if, you're, if you're a sponsor, this is definitely a place you want to get your business at, especially if it's anything you think wrestling fans would be interested in. I mean, right. last year we actually saw the the guy who invented the inflatable steel yeah. chair. We got to interview him. That was really awesome. Um, you get to see a lot of different businesses at that at that con last year. And it's going to be interesting to see what they pull in this year. Well, what's cool, too, is if you are a wrestling fan, and I, I like that edition. You know, it's like I know people are trying to sell me stuff if, I, if I'm going just to watch. Yep. But it's still fun, right? You have like 20 vendors there. It's your opportunity not only to go meet the wrestlers, but then you get to spend some time before the show and walk up to booths and kind of see what they're about and see if they have any products that you've never heard of or products that you're interested in. Uh-huh. You know, that's one of my favorite parts about going to expos and, and things like that is, you know, while I mean everybody's there to try to get your business and you know everybody's trying to be a salesperson and maybe isn't 100% genuine but at the same time it gives you an opportunity to learn a little bit about you know things that you didn't know about or things that you might have interest in so I think I think having the vendors there is both great for the sponsors but it's also great for the wrestling fans too because it does really add to the atmosphere and it gives them something kind of to do too but before the show starts get a couple of beers in their system you know <laughs> so but uh yeah it's going to be an awesome show and we're really excited about it oh, definitely and if you're if you're one of the talent who is going to be very lucky enough to be booked on this show, make sure you have merch to sell. Yeah. Maybe even new T-shirt designs, you know, because yeah. this is going to be one of those shows where it's a good thing to really put a good foot in front of people who might necessarily not see you on a regular basis. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would assume the, the Sadist-Ryback match is going to be the main event. But, for example, if that for some reason was earlier in the show, if that was like before, if they run an intermission, I don't remember if mm-hmm. they did last year. But – um. You know that's a that's an opportunity where Sadus would probably sell out of his T-shirts. Like yeah. let's be honest, that intermission if they were right before that, uh, taking on a name like Ryback and, and showing his stuff and showing that he can hang, and if not, you know, <laughs> compete fairly well with Ryback. Um, that that's an opportunity where a local guy is going to sell a shit ton of merch to people that have probably never seen him before. So, uh, yeah, merch is going to be huge for a lot of guys here too. This is this this is why this event is so great. It gives you know an opportunity for wrestling fans all to come together, learn about a local product, but then it also gives the boys an opportunity to really show their stuff in front of people that otherwise would have never. You know, guys like like Sadis, like you know Avalon, guys like that have been working for years, double double digit years to to really make something of themselves to kind of put on their 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 efforts on a big stage in front of thousands of people um, to hopefully sell merch. And then hopefully for somebody to go home and go, dude, I saw this fucking sadist guy. What a fucking beast. He's, he was fucking awesome. You know, it's like, that's so cool. That's, that's just so neat. That is definitely true. So make sure you mark it down on your calendar. Saturday, April 21st. It's the water city WrestleCon. Tickets are available online at ACW's website. Otherwise you can always hit up some of the talent. I believe they also have tickets for sale down at house of heroes in Oshkosh. And it sounds like they're actually going to have tickets available at festival foods there in yeah. Oshkosh as well. Another awesome partnership. Uh, I know they briefly mentioned that. That's so, that's so cool. We'll have more details on that, obviously over the coming weeks, but, uh, Speaking of big shows, we are going to take a break. We're going to talk WWE's Royal Rumble after this right here on the Grapple Talk flagship. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews and of course ragbags love for luigi mansion that is all on regular guy gaming check us out yes i'll take my eggs over easy and i'll take my podcast deach and dash that's right the deach and dash podcast hosted by me gorgeous jordy lee available via the grapple talk network it's about to get weird we're going to talk some wrestling maybe some life probably and definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. 
And welcome back to Grapple Talk. You know, we uh, one of the big things we got coming up this weekend, Nick, especially if you're a wrestling fan, is the kickoff to the road to WrestleMania with the Royal Rumble. Nice. Yeah. Gross. <coughs> Are you okay? <laughs> <coughs> I don't know how Vince throw up? I don't know. I don't know how Vince McMahon was was able to do it back in the day. That was pretty ridiculous. Over. Yeah, it's going to be a big uh, Royal Rumble. Seven advertised matches as of right now, and you've got two Royal Rumbles: the historic first ever Women's Royal Rumble, and then obviously the Men's Royal Rumble, which I assume will be the main event of the evening. Um, and Jesse, let's just let's talk about let's talk about all these matches. Why don't we? I mean, we can spend a little bit of time talking about the the early card. Uh, one match in which we both kind of agree might get moved to the pre-show just for time. Enzo Amore, Cedric Alexander. The reason I want to talk about this match, Jesse, is just the the dynamic of two hundred five live. I find it very interesting. A year ago, we looked at two hundred five live more as the Honestly, kind of like a wrestler brand, right? Like an opportunity yeah. for a lot of these guys to show what they can do in the ring that a lot of other guys can't do. Nowadays, it feels like it's it's become more of that entertainment brand with Enzo Amore as the champion. I mean, the, the storylines, there's a lot more storylines going on than there was a year ago. Um, and I think part of that is Enzo Amore being on the storefront. Now, there's two different reasons as to why that was. Partially because the brand wasn't getting over, so you figure if you put a guy that's as polarizing as an Enzo Amore, maybe that helps with viewers. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you think this is an opportunity to give Cedric Alexander the belt and maybe shift back towards the, the, the this being the, the, the brand where guys can kind of strut their stuff? Or do you think Enzo Mori is doing a good job carrying 205 Live as much as he can as a personality? I think it's almost like a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of thing. I know this past weekend 205 Live actually ran their first like set of Hulk shows Oh, up in the um, northeast there, up in the Massachusetts area and stuff like that. So they're the plan is to really get these guys out as a touring commodity. So they basically spent the last year, year and a half, really kind of getting these personalities across. A lot of time on Raw, 205 Live as well. And as you alluded to, it's really they're allowing these guys to develop characters now as well as you know shake, showcase like their athletic talent, right? which is actually really kind of huge. And Because otherwise, they're just wrestlers going out there and wrestle. But in the land of WWE, you have to be entertaining as well. Right. Um, and so you kind of really hit a gold mine there with having Enzo Amore, one as you alluded to, one of the most polarizing figures on the main roster right now. And it's not because of his character; it's because of everything else that he does outside of the ring. Yeah, right. That has made him polarizing. Um, he's had a good run with the belt. Don't don't kid yourself on that one. It's it's been different. But at the same time, no, it's like you're moving into WrestleMania. And you can look at these 205 guys as very much workhorses. They could go out there and put yep. on good matches no matter what. Right. Um, Enzo right now currently has an injury. So it, it almost brings up the fact maybe you do a short match, count out type of thing. Or you just put the belt right on Cedric Alexander and kind of give Enzo some time to heal. Because you got other guys who can step in. Like Drew Gulak is super he's hot, hot right, right now. now. Yeah. Super hot. Especially with that, that weird protest gimmick he's got. Right. I mean, that, that is so weird. If you would have told me like two years ago, three years ago, that Drew Gulak would be one of the most entertaining guys in WWE, I've been like, man, you're fucking high. <laughs> like, go, go smoke those jazz cigarettes some more, Nick, you know? But now he is. So maybe you transition into an Alexander Gulak feud, which would be very good because then you still have two guys who are complete opposites there. You got a ground and pound type of guy with Gulak, and you got a high fly with Cedric Alexander, who really was like one of the breakout stars from that Cruiserweight oh, Classic. I mean, the match he ended up having with Kota Ibushi basically got him signed. Yep. That is simply a fact. And so it's just going to be kind of interesting what they decide to do in this situation. Is it. Is it kind of weird that it's getting pushed to the pre-show if it does get to push to the pre-show? Not not really. It's just, no. man, there's just so much shit that WWE puts on their pay-per-views these days. Basi and having two one-hour matches is not going to help. Basically what the pre-show is nowadays is it's we're just going to technically start the show a little bit earlier um, so we can fit everything in there. Uh, and we'll just call it the pre-show because technically that's not when the show starts and that's not when people are showing up. So I don't think it's that big of a, a slight to be put on the pre-show. The only reason that I ask about that is because I think with WrestleMania, you have a lot of gimmick matches. You have a, a lot of matches that are going to include a lot of story, right? Yeah. And I think the Cruiserweight match um, is always a time to kind of look forward to. If you are if you just like the, the, the sport of wrestling, it's always an opportunity to be like, well, I'm going to watch these two dudes 
kill it for 15 to 20 minutes. And with Enzo Amore, most likely you're not going to get that. You're probably going to get another match that's kind of story-driven um, opposed to kind of like the showcase of athleticism. So um, I do think a, a title change would be kind of uh, interesting beforehand just because then you can at least have that in your back pocket for WrestleMania where you have a lot of gimmick matches, you have a lot of story matches, which is great. It's fine. It, it's worked in the past, but it's always nice to kind of break it up a little bit where you have two guys that are just really athletic and really showcasing that they can do things that nobody else can do. And with Enzo, you're not going to get that. So if he is injured right now, I think it would be a perfect opportunity. Cedric Alexander, well, maybe not the, the hottest baby right now, you know, as you'd expect watching the, the Cruiserweight Classic a couple years back. Um, I think, you know, it, it, 205 Live is a growing brand right now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it might be it might be a, a, an opportunity for them to kind of showcase a guy like Cedric Alexander with the belt uh, leading into the road of WrestleMania. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we do have both tag team championships that are advertised to be on the line. Um, for the millionth time in a row, it will be the Shield versus the Bar. Um, well, yeah, the Shield a, now with Jason, Jason Jordan. Jordan. Right, but um, so these two guys will be, will be you know, going at each other's throats again. Uh, I don't think this will probably be a really good match. I think the Bar is, uh, you know, quietly one of the best tag teams in the world right now. I mm-hmm. think uh, Cesaro and Sheamus are doing great things. And uh, the dynamic between Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan has actually been pretty entertaining over the past couple of weeks. And uh, I guess it, it'll be, again, interesting to see where uh, this match kind of goes because, you know, uh, there's a lot of story heading into it between Rollins and Jordan. So the question is, how did Angle angle an angle for his son to be in the Shield? Was it because, like, Kurt Angle was a member of the Shield at one point? He's like, hey, guys, you're going to use my son too, right? <laughs> and, like, the Shield's like, uh, I guess. I'm just happy that-, that Jason Jordan isn't wearing gloves. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't inherited the- those yet from his dad. Who do you got um, there? Who do you think is going to go over there? Oh, man, you know, that's uh, what well, Rollins and Jordan are the champions right now, yeah. right? I, you know, as long as nothing freaky happens, I don't see them losing the belts. Yeah. You know, I, I I think the plan, as you alluded to, during the road trip was probably to do Rollins versus Ambrose at Mania. But with Ambrose bringing out, like, you kind of got to go over your second best plan. And having to take belts on Rollins and Jordan is not a bad plan at all. I mean, if you have to, you can go back to this match at Mania. Otherwise, you can kind of, like, mix some some stuff up, maybe do champion versus champion at Mania or something like that. Because that leads into our another tag team title match here. We got the Usos taking on Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable in a two out of three falls match. Yeah, Jesse, um, the SmackDown tag division has been doing phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, honestly, it all kind of actually started when New Day kind of came over. That's kind of when they almost like jolted the brand with some electricity. The, yes. That's when the Usos started coming on as one of the better tag teams. Well, and, the uh, Usos got a, basically a new, new paint job right. there. Um, and Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable have been no exception over the past couple of months. I mean, they've been they've also been phenomenal. They've been kind of what you were hoping for from American Alpha when they first made their call up. Um, this like mean streak that they have now, I think, has really added to their to their ability to kind of um, be that tag team. And uh, you know, I think this is going to be this is going to arguably be honestly, Jesse. This this might be match of the night. I think this is this has the opportunity to be the match of the night. Two out of three falls for the championships. I, it's hard to pick a winner here. It, it really is for me, but I think the Usos, the Usos are, are still like the hottest tag team right now, and I think it'd be hard to take the belts off of them. Um, but this has been a great story, and I'm really looking forward to this matchup, probably more than almost any other match. That's saying a lot because we're going to have that a really two really packed heavyweight title matches right. plus the two Rumbles, and if this is the match that you're looking forward to the most, that really says a lot about the work of all four of these guys in this one. Um, two out of three falls usually – I know a lot of people think they're predictable. You know, it's like, they're going to split falls and have a third fall. But you just never really know. Sometimes WWE throws you a curveball and a team wins two straight falls. Yep. That's just the way it kind of goes. It's going to be interesting. Um, I really don't see the Usos losing the belts here. Um, but, you know, if you want to switch things up, you can put them on Gable and Benjamin going into WrestleMania and maybe just give the Usos enough, like a break. Um, I know, what was it, Jay got in a little bit of trouble last week, but... Mm. Eh, that happens, you know, and it right. happens from time to time. But right. at this point in time, I don't really see an issue taking the belts away from the Usos. All right, coming up next, we also have the WWE Heavyweight Championship is on the line in a two-on-one handicap match as AJ Styles defends against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Yeah, this is where things can get really interesting. We talked about this during the road trip a little bit. I think it's hard to bet against AJ Styles because it's just such a weird matchup. Uh-huh. But at the same time, 
I think there is opportunity for Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn to win. I don't know how it would work. I don't know if it'd be this really, really silly, awesome friendship storyline where they would share the belt. Uh-huh. Like they'd be walking around like, "Hey, we're the, we're the WWE champions." Well, it'd be kind of like almost like Lay Cool when yeah. they won the women's belt. And I'm not sure if they might do something like that. I could honestly see that, right? Mm-hmm. Because we talked about this before. I honestly think the end game is Styles Nakamura at Mania. We've been talking about it. They teased it at the Money in the Bank. It just seems like it. it everything is in line for that to happen. Now, this is ha- we talked about this also on the road yes. trip. This has happened before, where it seemed like the stars are aligned for this to happen, and it doesn't. But I think AJ Styles Nakamura doesn't necessarily need the belt, but I'll get to why I think it would be good for it to have the belt later. But I, I don't want to totally discredit the uh, the idea that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn can walk out with the championship. And honestly, I'm, as I'm talking right now, I'm kind of talking myself into that, yeah, yeah. Uh, into that angle. Um, oof. Now I don't even know what I'm gonna. I don't even know what to think because now I actually kind of think that there's a good op- good chance that Owens and Zayn walk out with the belt. Well, there there is and there isn't because you got to think about this. All right. So if they win the belt, that kind of puts Shane McMahon back into the center of the storyline there because now you have a heel champion taking on the babyface GM, and you got Brian as kind of like that tweener GM. You know, um, I don't know. It almost becomes almost like predictable there if you have Styles actually lose this two-on-one handicap match. But at the same time, no, it's like, okay, you got your two hottest heels on that brand right now going into a match where they completely have the advantage two-on-one. Um, it's going to be really interesting, like like super interesting how they get themselves out of this situation because there's a few things you can do, but there's also a few things that you really can't do. Right. But I think you have three world-class athletes in this one three very talented guys, they're going to put on a hell of a match. Um, just how the structure is going to work, how long it goes, what the outcome is going to be, that's all going to be kind of up in the air until right. we kind of get more of a a feel as the night goes on. Yeah, I don't think it will necessarily happen, but what I think you could do is I think Owens and Zayn could walk out with the belt, and then you have a power struggle leading to Mania where these two face off, where you have the best friend facing off against the best friend. I mean, they they dreamed about it when they first started in the biz together. Um, I think that'd be a great story. But again, last year I think I was talking about how I think Zayn and Owens would be a great story. I think that is an eventual WrestleMania match. Yep. Maybe not this year because you don't have enough time to kind of tell the story about a villain and a, and a hero uh, because both guys are the hottest heels right now. I don't think it makes sense to turn either one of them at this point. Um, but uh, I think there's a lot of options to go with here, but it kind of depends on where you're going to go with your Rumble winner because I think with that, that'll kind of – that kind of, you know, depending on who wins the Rumble – helps you tell the story of who's going to be the, the, the winner coming out of that match because I think with what we've heard from rumors, most likely the Rumble winner will not be a Raw superstar because I don't think yeah. Reigns is going to win it. But anyways, that leads into the Universal Championship match, a very um, interesting matchup. Lesnar, Strowman, and Kane in a triple threat. Jesse, do you see the belt changing hands here at all? I mean, is it, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty easy to see that we're, Lesnar's walking out with the belt, right? You know, that's a good question. Um on the road trip up to Oshkosh, I almost kind of booked myself into thinking that Strowman, this might be a good opportunity for him to get the belt because then you have Kane in this matchup. Think about it. If you wanted to protect a finish between Lesnar and Strowman, you had another guy there. Yeah. More than likely, Kane's going to eat the pin in this match. Absolutely. Because if you want to protect Strowman and Lesnar, you got to put another guy in there. Absolutely. And we already saw the match between Lesnar and Strowman. It wasn't really Lesnar's best match this year. Right. Because I think the, the match structure didn't really lend itself to what Strowman's strengths are. Right. Which are these wild, chaotic brawls. And I don't think it really led to what Lesnar really does, which is just complete domination. He's not a work-from-underneath type of guy. Right. You know? So this matchup, I wouldn't be surprised if we get absolute chaos in this one. Um, Lesnar's got a really good track record in my eyes when it comes to these triple threat matches where they can just, like, throw out anything. I mean, remember the Cena-Rollins-Lesnar match? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. This one, it doesn't, I don't necessarily think has the potential to be like that, but I think it could be a very chaotic, fun car ride. And if you're going to put the belt on Strollman, you know, Rumble might be a good spot for it because otherwise, what, you, you wait for WrestleMania? I don't know. I don't know. I think he can definitely really do it here. Um, I'm kind of really working myself into that one. I don't know. I don't know, especially if you're really, really kind of leaning on someone from SmackDown winning the Rumble this year. Maybe you have to give that jolt to the arm to Raw 
going in to road to WrestleMania. I like the idea, and it, and it always takes me back to wondering how this would be had we not heard. I mean, it was very. It's very hard to escape the rumor mill sometimes. I yep. mean. For like literally eight months, pretty much ever since the last year's WrestleMania, we've been hearing the rumors of Reigns and Lesnar, kind of like the redemption match for Reigns, kind of get him, you know, I, a lot of people were talking about the idea of him going over Undertaker at last year's Mania was to set up mm-hmm. him eventually taking over and, 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 and beating Lesnar, being the guy that can finally beat Lesnar um, after a year title run, um, and I think... As much as people don't like Reigns, I think it's a great that that in itself is actually a pretty good story. But we've been hearing it for so long, it's hard for me to for me to picture anything else besides that happening. Um, I think it'd be interesting if they went with Strowman. It'd definitely give you a reason to want to watch on Monday and see what the fuck they're going to do leading up to Mania. But uh, speaking of leading up to Mania, we should probably get into the Rumble matches. Our first of the night will be the Women's Royal Rumble match. Unfortunately, Paige recently um, said to not be in that match anymore for those injury concerns. Although, interestingly enough, WWE hasn't came out and really confirmed those reports yet. So we're going to see. Maybe Which they're looking for a second opinion. Or... I don't know. It is kind of weird, though. Isn't it? Yes and no. Because it, it seemed like basically everything kind of broke. And I think WWE at this point was just like, you know, let's let it break and see where it kind of goes. Right. I'm almost kind of wondering if that's the case, you know? Because, like, even with, like, Brian's injury, it took a while for them to go, like, okay, this is this is officially done. Yeah. Even though whatever broke, broke. Um, which is really a sad situation for her. Really. I mean, no one wants to have their career cut short at the age of 25. No, yeah. I mean, think about this, Nick. Imagine if your AV career got cut short at the age of 25. Yeah, that would be... Uh, but here's the thing about Paige. Yep. Now she has the opportunity to chase something else if she can kind of get away from her dream of being a pro wrestler. Oh, yeah. She's young enough to where she could go to school. Uh-huh. I mean, she could she could literally go out and do anything. She could act, probably, if oh, she yeah. really wanted to. Do. I mean, she could, she could technically stick around and be like a road agent if she really wanted to. I think this is a perfect opportunity for her, though, to kind of go back and kind of learn... A different skill set because obviously she's talented. I mean, if you're going to make it to the WWE, you have to have drive. You have to have some sort of incredible talent that nobody else has. Not just saying in the ring, but just as a person, you have to obviously have something special, mm-hmm. which I think could could work in in multiple capacities. But uh, anyway, uh, getting off that topic, the the women's rumble will be. Really interesting. Honestly, I haven't really put a lot of thought into it. As you mentioned right now, 17 ladies confirmed so far for this matchup. They're going to have, um, was it 25 total, right? They're going to have 25 women. They're going to do 25? Um, I'm, surprised. Was it? Was it I'm surprised they're not doing 30. Was it Was it actually 30? I thought it was going to be 30. Look at that. Now Maybe we're, we're really sitting gotta... here and we're just so sexist. We have no idea how many exactly it's going to be. But why um, would you? Okay, okay. So if you're you want an equal playing field, why not do 30? Let's assume it's 30 because Let's now I feel, like yep. I, I feel like I'm wrong. I feel like I'm wrong. I honestly don't remember. Um, I'm not sure that WWE has necessarily plugged it a ton of times. Maybe they're kind of questioning it too. Depending like how on how many people they can get. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, Vince is like, ah, math. Because looking at this, it's 17 women on the roster right now, and it's basically all of them besides the champions. So yes. they're, they're kind of running very short on talent. I think as we talked about a little bit, you can definitely expect some – um, legends, maybe that's going to come out a little bit here on on Raw 25 um, with like a Trish Stratus, you know, um, probably a couple of others that uh, haven't wor- worked for a, a number of years. Maybe like a Tori Wilson. I think I actually read that rumor. Maybe really, I think I did. Um, so we'll we'll see where that goes. But uh, where do you think they go here, Jesse? I mean, do they do they do the obvious thing and go with Asuka, or do they do the other obvious thing? And uh, have a surprise entrant of Ronda Rousey, who yeah, ends up winning. That has been one of the hottest rumors going around the rumor mill right now, is that Rousey is going to be in the Rumble match and win the Rumble match. Um, you're looking at right now the 17 confirmed. You have Asuka, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, Bailey, Naomi, Natalia, Sonya Deville, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Tamina Snuka, Lana, Carmella, Becky Lynch, and Dana Brooke. I mean... Out of those, there's maybe three to four you could really light on fire at any given moment and get him in that spot. You know, like like Becky Lynch is definitely one that could yeah. win this matchup. Oh yeah, um, Oscar could win this matchup. Um, Banks or Jax or Bailey really are the only ones. Even Naomi's got a pretty good chance of winning this one. Um, it's just gonna be really kind of interesting because this is a, this is very much a trial run. They've never done anything like this with the WWE Women's Division. Um, 
Yeah, it's just going to be really interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this one, how the structure of the match works. I mean, you got to remember, too, I mean, I don't know. It's just going to be a really interesting match. When you look at the booking uh, of mm -hmm. WrestleMania, they're going to have how many matches? They already have a, a number of men's titles that are going to need to be on the line at some point. Yep. So when I look at it, I see that there is only the possibility of having two women's matches, and both obviously include the belt. When you look at that, I think that, that kind of, you know, shortens this list a little bit because I think I think Asuka will be in that title match yeah. no matter what. I think with the announcement of Ronda Rousey being signed by WWE or the rumor her the being rumor signed. The rumor kind of, yeah. Um I think if she is ready by then she will definitely be wrestling on and I would assume she'll be on Raw. With that said, I think we are honestly building towards an Asuka Ronda Rousey match. I think that they're going to hit each other really hard. I think it's going to sell I think that would sell a shit ton of tickets sell a shit ton of network subscriptions. So when you look at that, I think then you come back to SmackDown, and that's where you come up with Becky Lynch, I think would be the perfect opportunity mm -hmm. to kind of sway a lot of people and go, whoa, I didn't really see that coming because I think, if anything, SmackDown's main event would be a fanta would be fantastic as Charlotte and Becky Lynch, right? The two that best friends, true, yeah. you know, both great workers, can put on a, an awesome match, um, which is unfortunate because, as you mentioned, there's like three, four, maybe even five uh, women in this matchup that you could see winning, but I think with just how overbooked WrestleMania always is, and with the hope that you're not going to always, as you have in past years, get the the triple threats and the fatal four ways and the the then sums uh, women's matches just to try to fit everybody on a card. I think realistically, there's only a couple of possibilities here when you look at the the future booking of WrestleMania because I would be very very surprised if we get a marquee Ronda Rousey matchup that doesn't have the title included because that would technically then be three separate women's matches on an already overstacked WrestleMania card in which they're trying to fit all these titles into, and they'll probably get, they'll have the Andre the Giant Battle Royale, and they'll have all this other stuff. So um, that's just kind of my thoughts, I guess, on that. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you, but we always kind of forget that Alexa Bliss right now is currently the Raw Women's Champion. <laughs> Oscar already beat her clean in the ring, you know, yeah, not for yeah. the belt. So not I for think... the belt. So, so at some point in time, they're going to have to have that match. But, like, do you do Rousey getting rid of Asuka to kind of set up that matchup? Maybe. Or, you know, but or would you just do Bliss versus Rousey? You could also do that. I you mean... know, um, there, there's a lot of different possibilities. And I think you're going to have to have a marquee singles matchup for the women's title at some point. But at you almost have to have a multi-women's match as well, either a triple threat or a four-way. Maybe the Raw one could be that triple threat of four-way. It just kind of kind of lends itself, especially you know if you got a Rousey, you can protect her in a four-way or a three-way. Um, you have Asuka, who's hot as hell, and you have you know Alexa Bliss, who I don't think anyone would have guessed when they first saw Alexa Bliss pop up on NXT that she was probably going to be where she is right now, but kudos to her. That might be the match. That might be a good triple threat there. Maybe you want to add in another component, maybe like a Nia Jax or something like that, which make it a four-way interesting story. You can kind of like hide a few things here and there, especially for if Rousey is not really like up to ring speed where it's not going to be a one-on-one -on -one matchup. You could definitely do that. Um, Lynch winning this match could very well happen, um, but you still have a lot of stuff between there and WrestleMania. Right. So... I don't know if you want to tip your hat and have SmackDown win both Rumbles, maybe. Good point. You never really know. Good point. Um, but stranger things have happened, Nick. Yeah, stranger things have happened. And, uh, you know, how many strange things are going to happen in the main event? The Royal Rumble men's match, uh, 12 confirmed thus far out of the 30. You got John Cena, Finn Balor, Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura, Elias, uh, Baron Corbin, Woken, Matt Hardy, Bray Wyatt, Rusev, Aiden English, Titus O'Neil, Apollo Crews. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of other great talent um, in that. That's just the confirmed names thus I mean, we far. still have 18 more to throw in. Right. And that's and not including Legends, NXT call-ups. You're going to have one of those. Maybe you have a surprise signing or two. Yep, so you'll probably get a few announcements uh, both Monday and Tuesday night of who's going to be in there. It'll probably round up to around 25 because you always have like five. Five, just, just random. Yeah. yeah, just random people. All right, so, let's, know, so. let's think about this, all right? So would you use Raw with, like, the Legends coming back to maybe have a guy declare for the Rumble? Who would you have declare? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, man, you know, if he was in better shape, I think it would be hilarious if he had, like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan call. That would be great. Well, that think about it. Yeah, yeah. The guy won the first Rumble. He wants to win this one. <laughs> you know, like, that, that's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's not, it's not going to be Austin. I can tell you that much, you know. But, um, like, you could do it there. Um, you can definitely have like a guy from NXT. Usually you have one guy from NXT always get to call up. Um, 
maybe like a Lars Sullivan or something like that, sure. like a big monster guy, you know, kind of like hanging at the future there. That might be interesting. Um, you could definitely see a couple guys from like 205 Live kind of get thrown in sure. the mix there. And, of course, everyone would be like, he's just a 205 Live guy. How is he going to survive this matchup? Yep, that's probably going to happen. Otherwise, you know, Big Show might just win it all. Because he is seven feet tall and four hundred oh, pounds. Come on. Like, like, how are you going to get him over the top rope? That's what I want. Well, ask. apparently with like multiple people. That's just how it works, Nick. You I know? think I think this will be a really interesting matchup, and this is where it kind of comes back to the title matches earlier in the night. Uh, I think WWE has done a kind of a, a mediocre job at booking Shinsuke Nakamura. I think for the longest time, people have been have been just waiting for this 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 Japanese wrestling legend that we'd all heard about, right? And I honestly think that him and AJ at WrestleMania could kind of do that. It's going to be when there's the most eyeballs on the product. And, um, you know, I think it was wrong booking, having Nakamura go up against uh, Jinder Mahal um, a few months ago and having him lose consecutive times for the belt. I think it was the perfect opportunity. Throw the belt on this guy. Let him show you what he can do. And I think that's what you can do this WrestleMania. We've talked about it before. I think the Rumble is a great opportunity to kind of catapult somebody up the card. I don't think it's a good opportunity for somebody like a Jinder Mahal to win and catapult because you're taking yeah. too much of a risk there. But when you have a guy like Shinsuke, who I do think has an established following, I think he's very over. I think he's probably one of the top baby faces on SmackDown right now. But he's just missing something. And I think a big win is kind of what he's missing. So he wins the Rumble, challenges AJ. We get the match that we wanted to see. They put on a 30-minute classic WrestleMania match, and he gets his first championship win on the biggest stage of them all, can really set him up. And I know he's older, and it's, it, do you want to put a ton of stock into a guy that's probably only going to be around for three to four more years? I don't know, but I think those three to four years could be really special, starting with a big Rumble victory and a WrestleMania victory to have his first title title run. Um I think that makes a lot of sense, but, you know, again, I do this every year where I say things that I think make sense and they never happen. So yeah. that would kind of be my pick. That would be my assumption, and I know there's a couple of other picks that do make sense, and we talked about that on the road trip, Jesse. What do you got? You know, that's definitely true. Um, it all depends on what you want to go with. So if you want to go with the Raw brand, you know, um, depending on what they do with the championship. I mean, we still have Elimination Chamber coming up, which is a Raw-centric show. Um, you, you just don't tip your hat doing that. You can do SmackDown. But having the opportunity where, just like in years past, where you can declare for which belt you want to go for. Right. You know, like, I, that's a really big thing right there. Because imagine maybe like a like a Finn Balor wins. Does he go after the Raw title? He still wants that universal title. He never really technically lost it. Yeah. Or does he go after the WWE Heavyweight Championship? Or There's, the 205 Live Championship. Oh, the 205 Live Championship. <laughs> Imagine that, you know, like uh, Finn Balor <laughs> against Enzo Amore. Oh, my God. WrestleMania. That'd be great. <laughs> sell a ton of tickets. But um, there's a lot of things you can definitely do, and you can set up a lot of different matches with the Rumble match itself. Um, what, Roman Reigns is in the Rumble match, right? I would assume so. He'll be he, in there. He's probably going to be in the Rumble match. Um Let's say, like, Taker gets in. Oh, God. Well, yeah, the thing about Nick, you know, like, uh. they, they did have a dog shit main event last year. You know, I bet you, like, Taker is one of those guys who's, like, he's very prideful. And he's like, <laughs> I want this guy again. I think we can do a better match. Mm, yeah. Maybe, like, that way you don't have to do Reigns and Lesnar again. Yeah. You just do Taker Reigns again. At this point, it almost feels like it is so known amongst everybody, not just people that, mm -hmm. you know. Well, you think Colin Cowherd knows they're going to do Lesnar? I think Colin Reigns? Cowherd knows that. And I think at this point, it's almost an opportunity where WWE's like, shit, we got to think of something else. We can't, we can't go through with this because it's just so telegraphed at this point that maybe they are trying to think of a, a way out of it, a different way to do things. Mm -hmm. Because technically, Roman Reigns never did get his comeuppance against fucking Braun Strowman. I mean, he tried to kill him. Yeah. But Braun Strowman technically, technically in the ring won that feud. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's always an opportunity there. Maybe you get. Maybe you get. Honestly, did we ever see Strowman, Reigns, and Lesnar in a triple threat? Did that ever happen? I mean, that would be a great matchup I as well. That happened. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, but I think we talked about this yep, too. Yep. I mean, this is an opportunity where you kind of sit back and, as fantasy bookers, when you have fun doing that, you kind of look towards WrestleMania. What do you think is going to happen at WrestleMania? We talked about this. Um, what makes sense with how WWE is booking right now? Braun Strowman, Triple H. That kind of makes sense after the little yeah. exchange at the end of Survivor Series, right? Especially with like a little hints here and yeah. there. Um, does H get involved in this match? Maybe. Maybe H gets involved, costs Braun Strowman the title match, and says, you know, I'm the, I'm the CEO I'm the of game. I'm the game. I'm the CEO. Nobody yep. tells me what to do, you piece of shit. 
tall, weird-haired, camel pants wearing I got wearing the freak. biggest shovel of all time. I've got a big shovel, and I will bury your career even though it might be impossible. Yep. Um, but, I mean, that's that's something we're thinking about. You look at Roman Reigns and Lesnar. I mean, it makes sense. They had a great match a couple of WrestleManias ago, so I, oh, yeah, I don't definitely. think that would I, don't I think that would hurt. Man, like yeah, you're going to bring it up. Yep. Every time, every time. There was no reason to throw in Rollins at no the reason. end without no. a clean finish. Yeah, I think I I totally 100% agree. Um, SmackDown, I th- I think it makes too much sense to do AJ Styles and Nakamura. It just wh- wh- whether it's for the belt or not, I I don't think they need the belt, and that's where I think you can kind of get creative with it. You can do Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn win it. Maybe you have Finn Balor win. He challenges SmackDown. You have a a fantastic triple threat lined up mm-hmm. where Owens, Zayn, and, and Finn Balor go at it. I, I honestly, you know, that's I used a, to, I, I wouldn't be too mad. I used to hate triple threat matches, and WWE has done such a phenomenal job in booking triple threat matches over the past couple of years that I love triple threat matches now. Well, because it's like my I, I favorite think a thing. lot of it is because of the philosophy of the in ring has changed. Right. It is action. So right. it kind of lends itself to like triple threats and four ways now. Right. Yeah, and I think that I think that's a I think that's a great idea. Then you can do. AJ and Nak, who don't necessarily need the belt, and have Nakamura get his big win over AJ on the grandest stage. You can do that. I mean, you can do you can do a number of things. It's, that's why it's so fun to fantasy book, and that's why this weekend will be so fun because it'll start setting up a lot and plotting a lot of these storylines uh, that they'll heavily build into. Because a lot of people always talk about this: the best time to watch Raw is literally after the Royal Rumble because that's when they start mm-hmm. putting stock into everything. That's when your your Raws and your SmackDown start becoming the best shows uh, of the year because that's when they put a ton of stock into the storylines and uh, you know and, and the swerves and the twists and how they're going to set things up moving forward. So um, so yeah, if, if there's ever been a, a time where you weren't sure of when to start watching Raw and SmackDown, now will be the time. All right, cool. And then one of the things we actually did bring up on the road trip that we totally forgot to bring up here on the podcast is a guy like Dolph Ziggler. Maybe winning the yeah, Rumble. that was your idea. That was definitely one of those things that it actually got posted by uh, Cage Side Seats this morning as well. So oh, we'll really? see kind of how that one goes. I'm trying to find the betting odds. Oh, all right, here we go. The odds checker. So this is always one of my favorite things to always find out. All right, so already uh, the uh, the women's Royal Rumble outrights. They're talking is a it's like a two to one for Rousey to win. Wow. Five to two for Asuka. Eleven to two for Paige. But I think that was way before the injury. Uh, let's see what it says here for the men's match. Um, right now, Nakamura six to four. Okay. Reigns a seven to two. Wow. Daniel Bryan a four to one. What the fuck? No <laughs> shit. John Cena's a five to one. Strowman's a ten to one. Ziggler's also ten to one. Hmm. Um, let's see who has got the worst odds on the planet. Wow, I that's a that very. Really, I find that really interesting. That was that's okay, very okay. interesting. Okay. So here's the the least the three that are uh, actually the four. Least likely to win. Can, the I, can I try match. to guess a couple? Oh yeah, sure. Enzo Amore. Now you've been uh, the last one. Okay, hold on. Let me let me just let me give me like a, a couple more guesses here. This I mean, is, okay, I mean, Hogan. So the, listen, Hogan's a two hundred to one odds. Oh, so they have like people that aren't even in the company right now. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, these these four are not in the company. Blue Tista. No, but he's also a film star. Oh, is he really The Rock? No, Vin Diesel is at a two. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, two fifty to one. Two fifty to one. If you guys ever watched the if you guys ever watched The Office, it's like when Kevin goes, if you ever have a chance to take a bet where it's two fifty to one, mm-hmm. that's when you take it. All right. Because if Vin Diesel most likely will not ne- will won't do it. Yeah. But if he did, yeah. you would be a millionaire. Exactly. Now here's another one. Speaking of millionaires. Oh former Donald re- Trump. Well, he's actually on the list too. Oh my god. He's a seven fifty to one odds. Don't be surprised. I mean, he might have called a Vince and been like, Hey, I got a favor to call in. Vince, I'm the president. I'm the president. I want to win the Rumble. I want to make it huge. God damn it, Donald. God damn it, Donald. All right, no. The other one is a former WrestleMania participant as well. Mr. T. No. Mayweather. 400 oh. to 1. Interesting. Least likely to win the Rumble, though? Barack Obama. A thousand <laughs> to 1 odds. Who comes up with this shit? Uh, this is oddschecker.com. That's and, great. Uh, PP Sport actually had these odds. Yeah, so Daniel Bryan is actually the odds-on favorite right now with a 20%. What the fuck? Yeah, no shit, right? Was that made t- 13 months ago? Uh, No. No, that was made recently. Wow, this that's was, actually pretty this surprising. This was made recently. This is there is... some sort of re... Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. What if Daniel Bryan got got approved and we didn't know about it? And what <laughs> if he got approved for a loan? What if, uh, whatever, he yeah, passed yeah, it. Yeah. He, what if they're setting up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to win and then he takes them on for the fucking championship at Mania? That'd be fucking nuts. 
Again, you don't, or, we don't or, know. Or it's Brian against Styles. Or it's Brian against Styles. Or Brian against Lesnar. Oh, my God. Now, see, again, now this yeah. is where it's like, maybe, maybe number 30. And then everyone's just going crazy it's with like, the yeses. I, you, honestly, it could happen. I mean, this yep. whole talk, his whole Twitter shit of saying, oh, you know, I, I need to wrestle, I'm, I'm my contract. Maybe they're working us. It could be. Let's be honest here. Now I'm working myself into thinking, Daniel, that's a real possibility. Is it? Probably not. But so basically, we have no damn clue what's going to happen. I don't have a fucking clue. But you can join those, us, though. But those, but those yeah. odds makers, I mean, sometimes, yeah. honestly, those odds makers are like a real thing. Yes, right? real. Uh, sometimes WWE rebooks an angle the night of based on odds makers. That is it's happened true. before. Oh, hello. Do you like talking about life and the fun you have with your friends and games you play with each other and memories you've had over the course of time? Nothing's better than family, folks, and here at the Ross Family Podcast, we really love having fun. Myself, Jack Spade, Victor Ross, Scott Williams. A turtle. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, who the hell are you, Isaac? Hey, guys, this is AC Riley reminding you to check out the Riley Factor only on the Grapple Talk Network. Join me as I talk wrestling, interview wrestlers in my Spotlight and Squared Circle segment, and much, much more. What are you waiting for? Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the Grapple Talk Network today. And as always, support independent wrestling. And welcome back to the Gravel Talk flagship. Uh, gonna do some quick hitters, quick Jesse. Uh, NFL playoffs this weekend. Uh-huh. We've got the Pats back in the Super Bowl again, uh, taking on the Eagles. Now, here's one thing I want to say. Okay, I'm a Patriots fan. Yes. Um, Jaguars played a hell of a game. They and did. Honestly, at one point, I was like, you know what? I wouldn't be super pissed if the Jags got in. Now we are creeping up on the end of Tom Brady's career, though. So. Yeah. I kind of, you know, because I think after he leaves, we are going to see, and I think there's a chance that we'll see the end of the Bill the Belichick, Belichick era. era. So we're going to have a lot of rebuild. Um, we're going to lose probably both the offensive and defensive coordinators this year. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are going to be happening. So this is like, this is, I know people are getting pissed and they're like, they're just sick of seeing the Patriots win. But trust me, it is going to end very soon over the next couple of years. So just give me a fucking break. Now, when you look at the Eagles, though, uh-huh. dude, for the longest time, after Wentz went down, people were like, oh, my God, the Eagles are done. And I was like, dude, do you guys forget that Nick Foles started for the Eagles and threw, like, fucking 28 touchdowns and two interceptions just a couple of years ago? That is true. He's not that far removed from a great season and, honestly, being a great starting quarterback. He happened to just go to a really situation with different teams like the St. Louis Rams at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, then end- ended up that was so bad that he became a backup. But now he's proving that with a good team around him, he's a great quarterback. He made some phenomenal throws last night. Oh, dude, he night. actually had that one bomb over to um, Jeffrey. God, it was like at least 60 yards yeah, over yeah. the air. And it was one of those things where he stepped up on a yeah. throw, too. And, and I, there was a couple of other throws where he was under duress on the run and just made these perfect pinpoint passes mm-hmm. against what a lot of people consider to be either the best defense in the league or the second best defense to the Jaguars. Yeah, definitely so, the best defense in the NFC. Yeah, and, and again, people are going – People are acting like they've never seen this. Like, holy crap, that Nick Foles guy is pretty good. It's like, dude, he has been good. And I've been saying this ever since Wentz went down. I go, well, you know, honestly, it doesn't matter. Because right at this point, I do think there's the opportunity that Wentz will become a better quarterback than, than Nick Foles. Quite possibly one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC. But as of right now, in the sophomore season of Carson Wentz, I don't see there being that much of a difference in ability between Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. I really don't. Nick Foles has the seasoning. He, he's been a part of this team before. And, and I think that kind of lend, obviously shows itself during those games. I mean, they spanked the Vikings. They did. Let's be honest. Well, think about this. Like, the Vikings got off to a very hot start in that game. Scored right away in the opening drive. They were able to shut out the Eagles in the next drive. And the game really kind of turned in that pick six. Yep. Like, that's where the momentum of that game kind of really turned. And it became an old, like, a new, fresh game. And you look at the scoring after that, the Eagles were like, okay, well, let's just put these guys away. Yep. Yeah, and it was just exactly touchdown, 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 touchdown. And no matter what the Vikings could do, there was just no answer yeah. for the Eagles. Now, if you look back at the Jacksonville Jaguars and New England Patriots game, really it became youth versus experience. I mean, the Jaguars had the Patriots on the ropes going yep. into the fourth quarter. Patriots down 14, Jaguars marching down the field. But the thing for them was they could not capitalize on those marches. Yep. You get two field goals over 40 yards. 
and that's only six points. Yep. For as much time as they ate off the clock, they only put up six points. What a lot of people have been saying, and I think it's kind of true, actually, uh-huh. is that I think the Patriots have built up such a reputation for coming back in those third and fourth quarters that sometimes coaches, quarterbacks, play callers, they just <clears> – <throat> Almost maybe throw up just thinking about it. Oh, maybe that was uh, you know, your capsule you had earlier. Those, those <laughs> I'm pass you're, you're just like, like totally fall asleep right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think sometimes it can kind of get in the heads of the the play callers a little bit, and yeah. they might go, "Not so fast, Belichick and Brady. You're not going to trick us this time." I and like then how they you get, go like straight up Russian villain. Not and then, so fast, Brady. I think they try to get cute with it. So then they all of a sudden, when they were doing fantastic, pedal to the metal, they were they were like you mentioned. Yep. It always happens, right? The first two quarters, the Atlanta Falcons are just killing the Patriots, yep. just showing them, them up. But then all of a sudden, second half, they're like, well, we're going to change our entire game plan because we're up. It's like, no. No. You keep the pedal to the metal. But they never do that. The yeah. teams always continue to go in at half and go, okay, we're, we're, we're beating them pretty good right now. We're looking pretty good. I know it was only a 14-10 game at half, but still, it, the Jaguars were easily outplaying the Pats until the last oh, yeah. like minute and 30 Plus seconds had of Gr- Brady scored. Gronk goes out. Gronk goes out. You don't have to worry about that anymore. But again, they, they go in the half and they go... Okay, let's change up the game plan. Let's try to kill some time off the clock. Let's ease up a little bit, right? Because uh, if Brady doesn't have the ball, he can't hurt us, right? <laughs> no. No, Brady got the ball and hurt you guys yeah, really bad. Exactly. And again, you know, there were some there were some penalties that were called. I unfortunately wasn't able to watch the last like five minutes. I listened, so to, there it was the, a big, I listened to it on the radio. There was a big discrepancy, and it was one of those things that really got brought up on social media. There was a literally zero right. penalties called against the New England Patriots while the Jaguars had seven to eight. Um, I don't know. That's just one of those things. I think in a lot of it, uh, penalties always boil down to coaching in my eyes. It does. Because what you want to do is you, you want to make sure your players have like the best advantage in certain situations. Right. And a lot of penalties in this league, no matter what, are frustration penalties. Right. Especially when it comes to defensive pass interference or offensive pass interference. So the Patriots, for fuck's sakes, how many playoff starts did Tom Brady have? A lot. He has damn near almost 40. Yep. You know? So it's one of those things where it's like, the motherfucker has played more playoff games than all these quarterbacks who are actually in the playoffs. Well, and the other thing, too, is that a lot of people don't know this, but Tom yep. Brady, honestly, sometimes when he throws the ball deep, it's because he sees pass interference already happening. Yes. So what he does is it's very similar to Aaron Rodgers. So a lot of Packer fans, you know, harp on guys for yep. kind of taking advantage of the system, but it's like Aaron Rodgers, you know? That dude, how many times does that dude get free plays because there's 13 men on the field or whatever, 12, yeah, yeah. whatever it is? All the time because he's so aware of what's going on. So what you'll notice a lot of times if you watch the Patriots is you see Brady kind of reading. And then all of a sudden he looks, oh, look at that, fucking pass interference. I'm throwing the ball that way. Yeah, there was two big plays in the um, this second quarter. Basically it was back-to-back like that. They right. were able to get an offensive pass interference call. I'm like Brand, like a defensive pass interference call there Boy on that Brand- or whatever. Yeah, during the Brandon Cooks play yep, down Boy, the side. I don't, yeah. But it, I mean, honestly, like that was a very well done job on him. But the fact that you know, the hand checking, he pushed him out. That's where he got called. Right. You know. So it's like you can do hand checking, but don't really kind of push him out, especially with the ball in the air. Yep. That's where they called him. Was yep. the ball was in the air. Yep. Um. But there was another penalty on that drive as well that basically led to that first score. Once the Patriots got that first score, they're back in the game. They were down fourteen nothing. Right. Like, ugh, you know. So getting that score and getting those two big penalties, that really kind of helped out the Patriots. This is also, of course, what, a, a rematch of another Super Bowl as well? About like a decade 2004, ago? 2004, I want to say. Yeah. Or maybe 03. Yeah, it was known as the uh, the fatigue game there for Donovan McNabb, you yeah. know. Um, so this one's going to be really kind of interesting. It's a different Eagles team. The team's really been rebuilding over the last four years. They've hit a certain apex. And if you look at them, like from, from personnel side to how they, they built up that team – it's very Patriot-like. Yeah. You know, you got a running heavy style. You got a good tight end. You got some really good receivers on the outside. Your defense is fast. They're quick, very much like the Patriots. Um, this one's going to be a toss-up. I have to say right now the Patriots are probably favored by three, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think going into it, it's easy to buy into the Patriots because they have Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They seem like they always overcome the odds. But, uh, you know, again, a lot of people are calling these Eagles underdogs. Don't do that. They are a phenomenal team. There's a reason why they were the number... You're not. They a went 13-3. No- You're not a number one seed in either conference because of the play of a quarterback. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the Patriots went 10-6 and when Brady went down after his historic 50-yard, 50-touchdown season. Uh-huh. Um, Carson Wentz, a sophomore... I, I just think a lot of people think just because Carson Wentz is gone that the Eagles are this ultimate underdog and they have a huge hill to climb. 
No, man, this team is phenomenal on defense. They have a shit ton of weapons on offense. They have Jay Ajayi, who was arguably one of the better running backs in the league before he went over to the Eagles, and they started yep. using him a little bit less than he had been used in yeah, Miami. Yeah, but when, he, when they do run the ball with him, he's running with conviction. Exactly. You know, and same I, with Be- you know, Be- you know, no, Blunt. You know, yeah, they have oh a very God. similar running yeah. style. And again, this this team is phenomenal. I I wouldn't I wouldn't again with like with the Jaguars. You have a good defense if you can get to Brady, kind of piss him off a little bit, you know, make him angry. Sometimes that's actually when he plays his worst is when he's getting knocked on his ass. Yep. I think everybody knows that. That's oh, yeah, always definitely. the plan when it comes to to Brady. They have some great D-backs that can that can cover some of the guys. And uh, you know, I, I think this is good. I think as you mentioned, this is a toss-up. I think the Eagles showed why they should be in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. against the Vikings and uh it, I, it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how both teams play. Although fingers crossed that the Pats are going to get the victory. So if the Pats win, I think that really kind of puts to bed any argument that Belichick and Brady are the greatest head coach quarterback combination of all time. Oh, absolutely. Puts to bed the argument that the New England Patriots dynasty, going back to that 2001 season, is perhaps the single greatest sports dynasty. Not just in football, right? But in all of sports, and right. that is including the phenomenal run the Yankees had in the fifties. That's including the Boston Celtics in the sixties. That's including Jordan's Bulls. Right. I mean, this is this this is unprecedented. Yeah, and again, guys, you look at you look at a guy like Brady. Just think of that story. This guy mm-hmm. was picked what in the sixth round. I mean, yeah. nobody ever thought he would be anything. And also, he comes in. I think somebody had a. A um a newspaper clipping or something on ESPN.com from when um uh, the power rankings that's what it was that was the it was the power rankings at the week after Bledsoe went down and it said oh Drew Bledsoe's down this team's probably in the gutter now and it's like look what they became I mean it's it's one of the greatest redemption stories in all of sports to see a guy that um was basically by these expert scouts labeled as nothing he was unathletic he didn't have a throwing power he didn't he lacked on-field intelligence. I mean, there was a ton of th- knocks against Which him. Which is crazy, because if you go back and watch him in Michigan, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Go back and read the scouting reports. It's yeah. actually kind of, it's crazy it's to think about. It's interesting, yeah. Um, and I, I think, I think you know, after all the winning, and obviously there was the spy gate and all the other fun stuff that really kind of hurt the Pats a little bit. But uh, but when you look at it, and I think, again, this is a, an opportunity where like a lot of people dislike LeBron James. Like five years after these guys are, are gone from the, from the game, from, from playing and from coaching, I think we'll look back and go, holy shit, like we had the opportunity to sit back and watch the greatest of all time do work on the do. field. Right. Yeah. And that's the same thing with LeBron. Like I'm not a I'm not a Cavs fan, mm-hmm. but I can recognize I'm like, oh my God. I think honestly, after you know, a couple of years after LeBron's done, we'll look back and, and we'll compare him, if not say he was a better player than Michael Jordan. And I think that's that's crazy for us because, you know, you I, in, I can't tell you yeah. how many times that I remember watching Michael Jordan when I was a kid, but I consistently as a sports fan go, man, if I could have only been more like aware, like if I could have been a little bit older and been aware of, of how great Michael Jordan was at that time, like I, I wish for that. And I think that's something that a lot of people are taking for granted and going, you know, oh, fuck this guy. You know, my team's not winning. Oh, I'm fucking pissed. I hate this guy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, just sit back and go, oh, my God, like 20 years from now, I'm going to be able to say I watched that guy play football on Fox. Yeah. I watched Joe Buck call his plays. You know, it's yeah. like that's so cool to well, think it's about. It's like okay, so Peyton Manning's been on the league two years, right? Right. You're going to already feel the impact of having a Peyton less right NFL. Yeah. I mean, the AFC is down. Yeah. I mean, there is no doubt about that. Absolutely. One. Um, it's just one of those things. Um, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, just just be safe out there. If you decide to have a little couple brewskis, don't get behind the wheel, all that fun stuff. Nice. You know, we're just going to kind of leave it at that one. Hey, Nick, I got to tell you this much. I would assume that you and Zari have a date night coming up. Are you talking about tonight? Yeah, tonight. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, as of this recording, mm-hmm. um, we are considering going to the new Thor movie because it's at the Riv. Yes. And as you mentioned, you saw it and you thought it was awesome. It was amazing, Nick. Um, I, I'm a comic book fan. That's the one thing I really love and I'm really passionate about. Besides, like wrestling and just like random few other things. You know, that's just the way I am. But Thor Ragnarok is quite possibly. Some of the most fun I've ever had watching a Marvel movie. I know, like that everyone says that every time they see a Marvel movie, but this one is so different. It's got like a like a Guardians like flavor to it. Nice. Like the action is good, the humor is good. I know a lot of people actually kind of dogged it when it first came out for the humor, but I think the humor 
lends itself very well to the story because it is it doesn't take itself too serious. And I think that was a problem there for a while with a lot right. of the Marvel movies. Yep. Um, like Iron Man two fell in that. Um, even like the Thor, like Dark World, which is pretty good, fell into that route. Um, Captain America is very heavy in tone. Same with Civil War. Like this is just fun. This is pure comic bliss. And if you're a fan of Jack Kirby, if you're a fan of like the, the King, the best illustrated ever fucking dra- you know put a pen to paper in comics, you, this is a love letter to Jack Kirby from set design to like the bright colors to. The crackle, the, the just everything, man. It, it is such a fun movie. I can't recommend it enough. And if you don't walk out of there going to be like, man, I'm just super pumped to see where they go with this. Because <laughs> like they do a lot of really cool stuff, and they really kind of just set the bar for what what is possible for a solo Avenger type of movie, like a Thor, like an Iron Man. Mm. Like Hulk steals a lot of scenes in this one. They introduce another new character. You're just like, dude, that guy could fit in with the Guardians. Nice. Like, they do a lot of really cool stuff of really broadening the horizon that is the Thor film franchise. And really, Marvel kind of finds their their Wonder Woman character in this one with Valkyrie. Mm. So, it is definitely highly recommended. I would definitely go see it tonight. Get a couple brewskis, have a couple pizzas, you know, have a fun date night with the missus. Because this is the type of film that you want to take her to. Because, like, when we stopped at the exclusive to pick up some CDs this past weekend, you said how much she loves Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. She is going to love this movie as well. Well, you sold me on it. Hopefully you sold yep. some of our listeners on it as well that hasn't seen it yet. But uh, I think I'm kind of late to the party as far as wrestling fans and, and, and comic book movies. But, oh, dude, uh, man, I am so I still haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, wow. I haven't seen Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Guardians 2. Well, yeah, that's, that's you know, a good movie. So, like, I'm already, like... I'm ready for Black Panther at this point in time. Yeah, right. Like I'm stoked for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super excited to see uh, Thor Ragnarok. Really excited to see it. I know when I saw the previews too, I was like, man, this looks like a really good movie. And I know that we don't have anything planned, so most likely we will go there tonight and have some pizzas mm-hmm. because that's actually sounds awesome right now at uh, eight twenty-five in the morning on Monday, the twenty-second of January. But with that said, Jesse, I got to get to my day job. You probably got to get to your day job, so we'll call it quits there. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week on the flagship edition of Grapple Talk. Enjoy the Royal Rumble this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. For Jesse Brown Rudin, I'm Nick Ragnar. Stay classy, folks.